Today on NML, we have Marianne and Nigel Thornberry here to tell us about the dramatic story of how they met, how they fell in love, and how they became the world's premier documentarians about the animal kingdom. Well, I, I mean, even back then I could tell that there was just something different about him. There was a sort of energy in the air as we walked through the conservatory, and, and I, I just knew this man was going to be my husband. Well, we were walking through the conservatory, and I remember that there was just this cute little caterpillar, and then next to it, the pupa stage. You could see them one right after the other, and I knew somewhere around there, if I just tilted my head ever so slightly up, a butterfly might land upon me. <laughs> there was just such an intensity in his stare, and I, I, I remember getting shivers and thinking... What if he were to stare at me like that? What would it feel like? Could this be my life? And then I said, look, Marianne. And she looked just as a bird plops one right on my face. It was incredible. <laughs> Simply smashing. That, that day was certainly memorable, but it was nothing compared to when he finally dropped down to one knee and proposed to me. I got down on one knee to show her this coral snake, and I said, look at, look at all these rings, and never mind the fact that it's one of the most venomous creatures in the world. Oh, how intriguing. The rings are so beautiful and hypnotic. And, uh, and then she took it away from me, which, well, that was very considerate of her. It wasn't until we had two kids that I realized how doting a father he would really be, just like I had always imagined. You know, they say that you shouldn't put a baby on a wildebeest, but we got such a good shot out of it. Coming up next, a tell-all documentary about a young boy who was dragged all across the world and had no idea how to talk to anyone. This is me, Eliza Thornberry, part of your average family. I got a dad, a mom, and a sister. There is Donnie. We found him. And Darwin? He found us. <laughs> It moves, because we travel all over the world. You see, my dad hosts his nature show, and my mom shoots it. Okay, so we're not that average. And between you and me, something amazing happened. And now I can talk to animals. It's really cool, but totally secret. And you know what? Life's never been the same. Pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, the, is that the trick is to accent? focus on consonants. What? Consonants. Is it an offensive accent? Almost certainly. <laughs> no. Is that a is that a difficult one? <laughs> uh Not really. It's just a cadence issue. Like it's it's like your Yogi Bear. It's all about the, it sounds the like, flow um, of the sentence. Oh, what's that fake language like oogity boogity or um... Esperanto? No, <laughs> that's a real fake language. Oh, uh, uh, um, it's like when you're a kid and there's like pig Latin and there's like oogie oogie boogie, like uh, oh, you mean like Cantonese? No, that's a real real language. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a sec. <laughs> <laughs> I say, how, how do I even how do I even Google this schoolyard fake fake languages? languages? Yeah. Okay, eleven. Oh, oogie boogie. Yeah, I've never heard of this one. Wait, no. Give me a second. The indigenous peoples here practice... Furbish? The indigenous peoples here talk to each other in language that is widely known as oogity boogity. <laughs> if you're not doing those arm motions and a Nigel Thornberry impression right now, audience, you should be. 
Because that's what we're anyway, doing. <clears throat> anyway, the, the, the idea behind the language is basically you replace all vowels with the um, sound itig. Oh, I have heard this before. Like you guys becomes itigooita guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's they, incredibly annoying. They, they reference it in, um, uh, in Why the Last Man. That's right. And it's like, in in that... It's like uh, it's purported to be like a like a secret language only girls know, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> that is my experience with it. Yes. I, I wonder what that says about like adolescent, you know, gender congruency. That like, well, girls like uh, mature faster, right? And they understand social conventions more. And it's not surprising that they would want some way to talk without talking with those gross bo- boys, you know. Yeah, but and, bo- <laughs> and boys have their fires. <laughs> yeah, they've got fire. They've got fires and stealing their dad's musket to shoot raccoons. He's got fire and a coconut. <laughs> this this <laughs> this Kong has a coconut gigadagoo. <laughs> That's why I turned into Quagmire. <laughs> now you turn into one of those air horns. <laughs> there should be a mashup for that. I I my 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 brain is. Full mashed up. It, I mean, it's it's on full on meme dream right now. Like we're pulling into the station. Like ever since I started watching this show a few days ago. Yeah, Thornberry Station. Um, it's well kept and has a lot of placards with animal facts, just yeah. like your uh, just like your pastor. Uh, <laughs> and here's a joke I'm not sure anyone will get. If you take the the meme train all the way to the end of the line, you'll end up shit posting in the wrong neighborhood. You'll, you'll, you'll end up what? <laughs> shitposting in the wrong neighborhood. You never heard of that meme? No. What is shitposting? It's like when you like uh, put up a video or something that's just complete garbage, but it becomes a meme anyway. Is that like, is that like hate eating? It's similar to hate eating. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is hate eating even a thing? No, but what am it's I thinking of? <laughs> I think you're thinking of hate eating, but it's just not a thing. God, but we shouldn't do this early in the morning anymore. We get real loopy. The reason that I thought this would be okay is because the last time we did it this early was when we did Menagerie of St. Germain. And I'm like, yeah, that's on brand. <laughs> that's close. Islands, etc. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a delightful show. But this one is one that we should talk about after we introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. My name is Ben. <laughs> My name is Zane. And this is the Carton cast. Um, That's it. <laughs> yep. There we go. Carton cast. New year starting strong. Yep. It's always nice to know that one of these is going to end up into the omnibus at the beginning. <laughs> Podcasticus Cartonicus. How smashing. Wow. I mean, like, it's really strong. I mean, we won't be able to get even get through our explanation of the show before we digress so let's just get it out of the way i say that the wild thornberries is probably best known in our era for one of the characters the titular nigel thornberry and kind of the way he's grown into a bizarre meme over time uh right we should definitely touch on that we're going to get to it don't freak out everyone Because we do have a modicum of decorum that we're going to try to get through first. We'll get back to it. We'll get back to Nigel. Remember, we did a we did we did He Man and uh, Skeletor and everything in that episode. But we do have to talk about the actual show 
before we get there. So calm the fuck down. Who are you talking to? Myself. Um, so the Wild Thornberries ran on Nickelodeon from 1998 to 2004. It was produced by Klashki Chupo. Supo. Superman. Supo. Uh, it had a movie Dude. in 2002 and a crossover movie with the Rugrats in 2003. Yeah. Um, and Supo is widely known, at least by us, for having real lumpy characters. And No also, exception here. No exception here. And, uh, you know, r- really giving us a nice... A nice extreme for that meter stick, um, mm-hmm. which is not correct, but let's keep going. You don't have an extreme end of the meter stick and a calm <laughs> end of the meter <laughs> stick? I, I just colored it in with like a bunch of neon markers. <laughs> uh, put a bunch of exclamation points. You cannot read it, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. You know that it is one meter. You know it's exactly Oh, except it broke earlier, so it, yeah. it could be any length. That's why it's so extreme. It's because it keeps on jumping off places. Uh, and, okay, so some other things that Klasky Supo is known for is having a very family-friendly touch, a very kind of down-to-earth and, um, and, and less zany that maybe than a lot of show, contemporary shows at the time. You know, things like As Told by Ginger, Rugrats, they're all kind of, they're, they're all very, like, emotional and, and family-oriented. Even, even something like our real monsters is more about camaraderie in a society than you would expect for something like that. Yeah, these are feel good shows. These are, you know, you know things are going to turn out all right. There's no overarching angsty plots. Yeah, it, um, it's it's enjoy the madness until we get the resolution. Yes, the resolution will come. The resolution will come like clockwork. Um and uh, the resolution will not be televised though. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um but I you know, I, I, there's a there's a pedigree there. There's a and there's like a a kind of assurance of quality that you do get when you start watching a Supo show. It's like, oh, I got some lumpy characters and things are going to turn out all right. I can sort of switch part of my brain off here, mm-hmm. um, which I I found immediately true upon trying to watch this show again. It's a lot slower than I remember it being. It's it's it is a bit slower, um, but it does. It does remind you uh, that one of its kind of main design considerations, uh, the series was designed to, I'm, I'm going to quote here from uh, uh, from the Wikipedia the page, mm. that the series was designed to focus, to have a focus on parents after focus groups run by Klasky and Supo uncovered that children were talking about the real struggles of the parent-child relationship. And this was opposed to Nickelodeon's view of only featuring kids in children's programming. Oh, interesting. Yes. I wasn't aware of that. So this this show really does focus a lot on the dynamics between parent and child. Like, easily over half of the episodes, that was a main consideration. Yeah, and you can kind of see that even as early as, like, Rugrats, where, you know, the kids have struggles and the adults have struggles, and there is some there's some interplay there, but it's not always obvious. There's a communication barrier. And here, you know, it's a it's a smaller cast. It's very, it's a tight cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but the barrier comes in just more through like navigating that interaction rather than like, oh, they're too young to actually speak. Yeah, and uh, it's just they're too awkward to chat. Uh, yeah, and and the thing that I think the show is trying to do, um, in addition to the family dynamic stuff, is also make 
kids excited about nature. Yeah. And also teach is... kids about nature. And it makes it and it, it succeeds on the first and fucking fails at the second. <laughs> and I think <laughs> that part of it is because they are trying to focus more on that. What does this, you know, consideration of the great beyond and the not the great beyond the great, the, 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 the great outdoors. There we go. What does considering it uh, tell us about ourselves? Right. And we saw this in like uh, in Fern Gully, right? You're trying to tell a story, but you're also trying to uh, have this sort of conservationist message. Yeah. Um, which, you know, balancing those two things can be successful or not. It, it kind of episode to episode almost. I, I found that when one succeeded, the other one did as well. Okay. I, I, I think I was a little bit more hit and miss um, than, than, than that. But, you know, I, I actually did enjoy the show overall. Uh, for a good amount of it, so yeah, it, it had its ups and downs. It's it doing something for me, but I ju- I don't think that its conservation message message you know is the most obvious message that it's trying to throw. I don't think it's it's I don't think it's the best message that it articulates. I think it's more about the family dynamic thing. Hmm. Um. You mentioned it just because I wanted to bring it up. Uh, you know, Rugrats apparently has a very, and I don't say apparently because I was just told it. Uh, Ethan was telling me. It's got a really queer-friendly, uh, queer-friendly uh, uh, cast of characters. I don't know oh. if you ever knew, or uh, not not queer-friendly, but like just progressive. Um, no, it didn't really occur to me. Think about uh, Phil and Lil's parents. Okay. Uh, you know the the, the mom is very kind of, pardon the term, you know, butch. Mm-hmm. And the uh, and the dad's kind of a, an effeminate, uh, sensitive guy. Um, I'm trying to remember what the dad looked like, even. He just oh oh oof that guy right that's the guy from uh, that's the guy from One Piece that's yeah it's Usopp <laughs> <laughs> give him a slingshot he fits right in yeah and, and there's also like uh, there's um adopting you know uh, multiracial children there's there's all sorts Sing- of weird single cool fatherhood stuff. yeah like a lot of interesting and neat issues but we are not talking no, about not. Rugrats today might even might even cut Although that out I, because it's not very additive. I, I, I appreciate talking about Rugrats any day. Um, mm-hmm. We should mention about this show um, that even though we, we are talking about the family dynamic and we're talking about enjoying nature, that's not really the central thing this show was sold as. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think of the show, the focus is supposed to be the fact that um, the main character, Eliza Thornberry, can talk to animals. Irrelevant. It really didn't seem to matter that much. I kind of would have done better without it. Uh, I mean, it, it was fine, you know. I well, well, let's 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 talk about it. So, the main plot of this is that uh, if you can tell from the intro song, yeah, is that uh, her dad hosts his nature show. Her mom shoots it. There's Donnie. We found him. Darwin. He found us. What does that mean? And Debbie's ter- like awful. <laughs> Daria's like, here. <laughs> just, just, like Debbie's like, she's a Debbie Downer. She, I mean, she's. I feel very bad for her. Like she doesn't belong in this life, and it's very clear. And they should just like drop her off at the nearest truck stop and never look back because she doesn't want to <laughs> be there. And <laughs> all right, maybe maybe you thing. shouldn't have children. <laughs> this poor thing. Why are they doing this to her? <laughs> Um, um, 
but yeah, they, they they travel all over the world. They uh, Eliza talks to some animals. The general plot is that she sticks her nose into business that she that is beyond her ken, and almost dies. And the parents are very ignorant of this, you know, the like the destructive wanderlust that their child has. Yeah, they know that she's interested in nature, which like, oh, that's my girl. You know, daddy's little sense. man. I mean, girl. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nigel, what are you talking about? <laughs> Nigel's very confused. Look, Marianne, I painted a coconut to look like me, so it is me. You married a coconut. <laughs> I used seaweed for my mustache. <laughs> um, it's a lot of fun, guys. It takes a second. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they they are sort of... You know, they're focusing on their job because as they travel, they work and they kind of let Eliza wander off on her own. So that's where a lot of her plots uh, can spring up because she will get into trouble because she's she wants to engage in nature. But she doesn't understand how, like, things are connected, how just because you can talk to a predator doesn't mean that you can trust them um, or catch a predator. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, speaking of To Catch a Predator, can you imagine the show in an urban setting? Bizarre. <laughs> like talking to Pizza Rat? Not, not not, even talking to animals. Going throughout the city and being like, I want to see this different side of the city. I want to see this different place. Talk to different kinds of people. Ten-year-old girl. <laughs> Middle of the ghetto. <laughs> Her parents have no idea where she is. No cell phone. Hey, she, those those books are way too advanced for her, Zed. She's going to start something. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good shot, though, right? <laughs> or do I owe her an apology? Men in Black is so good. Uh, but, like, like think, think, think yeah. about it, like... It's, if you frame this, this as we're not talking to animals, we're talking to people, it, like, becomes a lot more disconcerting. It's also like a metaphysical nightmare that animals are as smart as people in the way that in Rugrats babies were as smart as adults. I, I didn't think about that. That's scary. But again, cosmology. the show does not really care. No, it, it's. I mean, it like they do. I mean, a lot of the time they do behave like animals. Like all, all their priorities are pretty, you know, fight or flight sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're not people. They're anthropomorphized. It's of course it, it, it like works. Anthropomorphized in a not physical way, which is a treat. What do you mean? I, well, I mean, you, you always talk about anthropomorphization and you get on, into, like, the DeviantArt stuff with, like, Sonic. But, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that I'm seeing an example of anthropomorphization that is purely personality. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, like Apparently they had a zoologist on staff to, like, tell him what's what when they were coming up with these plot lines, when they were coming up with, uh, um, you know, how these animals would behave. Uh, yeah, so I, I thought, that, like, in general, the animals looked pretty good. Um, there were a couple of glaring exceptions, and it really takes me out when they look monstrous. Really? Can, can you can you give me an example? Uh, the first episode, uh, the lions were just... Oh, yeah, they're did, all, like, weirdly gaunt. Yeah, yeah, it did not look like lions. Yeah. Um, but in general, I would say, like, you know, you got a bird, you got a fish, and they you can kind of way see, way better like, than the people, different. clearly. Yeah, they're not, like, generic fish. Like, this is a specific fish, and you can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they didn't, they get, they didn't like, get lost oh, in the class. They'd be like, oh, that's the this fish. It does this, and it lives here. I'm like, great. That information slid right off. Yeah, I didn't get any <laughs> of that. Like, there. that's the thing, is, like, the specifics of the animals that they visit. Like, so I want to start talking about 
the characters because I feel like Eliza kind of sums up the approach of the show in a kind of ironic way. Okay. So um, what Eliza does, she's... Okay, so this is voiced by Lacey uh, Chabert? Chabert? Chabert. Chabert. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but apparently she was on Mean Girls and also played Zatanna in uh, all the... A lot of DC stuff, like uh, yeah, I think Young I think Justice. most of these characters are voiced by like live action actors who do a little bit of voice work rather than like mm-hmm. all dedicated. voice actors that we always see, right? Um, yeah, and so we're supposed to get jazzed about the natural world, which is what she does. But I don't think hearing what any of the animals have to say accomplishes that. Like her, the effective part of her enthusiasm is like. Is that just that she's enthusiastic, but we don't actually get any information because she's kind of a tourist. <laughs> yeah, if she was like walking around figuring out like from context clues what animals want and see how the to help lions. them. They might like, eat you, but I can talk to them. They'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Like one of the lessons was I'm literally sure like don't feed the them. animals. <laughs> There's a delicate food web here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um and she just she gets really excited about talking to animals when in fact like just being able to talk to them doesn't make her capable of understanding them right and uh that's kind of how i felt like the the show's approach was is uh you know they're making us excited about animals but they're not really telling us anything about the animals <laughs> they're just <laughs> they, like they blend oh these these are eagles okay now what look at a fly you know like they didn't actually i didn't get the any information like, is almost a little too stuff it's almost a little too well blended in like the information's a little too subtle it, it's i don't i wouldn't i would say that like i don't even get information from uh, <laughs> about animals from this show like i get enthusiasm about animals but i don't get information like right when i say she's kind of a tourist it's because she doesn't really respect any of the animals that she talks to like up to including like Assuming that she can just like tell them not to be aggressive and it'll work out, despite evidence to the contrary, or like Many ignoring evidence. Darwin's advice on chimpanzees, like there's a ton of evidence for her just being arrogant. Like, you know, kind kind of like I don't know. I, I got a very strong impression of like a tourist, like a like a white person in Uganda who thinks that they know a lot about Uganda because they like read the manual on the plane over yeah she like doesn't really think about consequences at all mm-hmm. um which gets her you know into this trouble she's because arrogant. like she's she's stepping first yeah oh i'm i'm an american i can i can go anywhere yeah, that's <laughs> honestly what it feels like <laughs> uh and it's it's okay a little bit like it's tempered by her enthusiasm like she the wants enthusiasm to is she infectious. wants to learn she wants to learn about it but she's not like receptive like if somebody is like trying to tell her about Mm -hmm. it that's not actually gonna work she's like no let me let me watch let me learn from my mistakes which is good in like the like the magic school bus kind of way yeah not in like the you know game of thrones type type of way like one mistake and you're dead yeah well you know she'll she'll grow up to become miss frizzle or something oh absolutely like when you don't have a magic school bus you're gonna die right (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but i mean like all in all, I, th- I think that she's fine. Uh, she wasn't my favorite character by any stretch, of course. Um, but I-, I think that she's the good like, kind of point of reference character, especially because her being the tourist allows a lot of friction in the plots. You know, it's it's a good plot consideration for her to not be all that well 
acquainted right. with the dangers inherent in her situation. Right. The motivation is always present, and also the opportunity for something to go wrong and is it, always present. It's believable present. because of who she is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it, unfortunate it, that it makes her look like a tourist to me. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't help that, like, of all the character models, hers is the, like, least easy to look at. It's it's a little... Like that, like, squash like the head. overbite is just like a, really like difficult. Gourd. Yeah. And the, and the and the pippy long stocking kind of pigtail things. And, like, she does that thing that happened in uh, Kablam. Do you remember that one? Uh, the, 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 the... Oh, those those two gerbil characters that were constantly... Sniz and Fondue, Sniz and yeah, Fondue. how she's wearing, like, that... Weird Like, she's, she's going out on an adventure, and she's wearing a short dress and, like, a turtleneck. Yeah, and... Under the dress? Right, she's Arnolding I, it. And, none of it makes any sense. And also, like, yeah, and, and like, every to- every chance for the upskirt, you get, like, those big, weird... That weird, weird hemisphere of tighty-whitey that you get with some <laughs> cartoon characters. And I'm just like, oh, come on. It's like a ten-year-old girl. I don't really... <laughs> The neutered hemisphere. I'm, I'm really like, I just didn't really understand why it was necessary. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want this person to be like in action garb and like almost like a like a, <laughs> like a tankini. <laughs> no, like a Batman sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah, you want cargo shorts. You've got a bunch of stuff in your pockets that might help you out. Like, have a little agency. Maybe. Like, I, I wouldn't mind her. Yeah, having like cargo shorts or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Just so she could have like a like a like a pocket knife or, or like a walkie talkie. Like something, like she'll she'll leave. Darwin in the morning. wears pants. <laughs> even even the monkey wears. Pants. Even, <laughs> the, even even the wild boy wears pants. Come uh, on, <laughs> Darwin is definitely up higher up on the total totem pole than Donnie. But you can you can like see, like she'll just leave her folks in the morning and say like I'll be back by dinner. No one's worried. <laughs> that really says more about the folks than about her. Uh, let's move on. Debate. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to Debbie. Debbie. Are we just getting people out of the way so that we can focus on uh, no on the parents when way. we get to them? Debbie's great. <laughs> Debbie doesn't belong here. That's the point. That's my point, Zane. Okay. First I... of all, the narrative reason she is a narratively she's fine. She's she's a believable foil. We get that sister kind of you know. Oh, you're such a Dweebenheimer. You know, you, you get that friction there, which I think is very additive to the show. Mm-hmm. And she has such style. She's she, what is that she's grunge got... with the open like leg things and like the the like the open knees on the legs. Like yeah, the she wants jeans. to she wants to be a normal teen in a different show. She's got like the hair coming over her face, like like an emo, but like she's mm-hmm. also got like that grunge jacket. Yeah, oh, yeah she yeah. looks great. <laughs> she she looks fine, and like I like her character. Yeah, um, it's just she's she seems bored and annoyed and when the draw of the show is like get enthusiastic about nature it kind of like it counters that in a way that i don't necessarily find additive it does kind of clip it on the shoulder in a weird angle because because when her dad is like oh check this out and she'll say a sarcastic comment he just like he won't get it because she shouldn't be there Right, but the message is the message oh, is that her parents are awful. The message is that if you're excited about nature, you're just, or if you're like a happy person, you're just a big dummy. Because that was like a lot no, of the themes of those like, high school teenage things. Like you Not have to be like all. ironic and disaffected. Not at all. No, the the message is being enthusiastic about animals is good, and being disinterested in them is bad. Which mm-hmm. is also not like a great message, but it's like not as bad as what you're saying. 
I just think that in general, like for a show like this, bored doesn't really work as well as like scared, which is what Darwin does, even though I don't like him as much as a character. I, I mean, I, I don't think she, I don't think Debbie like has much of a place in the conflicts of the episode, like in the, in the dramatic, like we're talking animals kind of parts of the episode. Um, but I, I think that she's like kind of a necessary ballast. You know, we, we have the excited about animals uh, person and we have the disinterested in animals person. And that makes the excitedness carry a little bit more than it otherwise would. It gives us kind of a relatable foil. Mm. Oh, it's like convince me that this is cool. Yes. Like it's a dare. Yes. Okay. And I, I get that. And I also just like, you know, having two kids as opposed to one kid is, is just a better dynamic like she has somebody to like argue with and somebody to try to talk to well ben they have three kids don't you know i don't uh, <laughs> uh well, another thing about debbie is I, I like that she obviously takes after her mother more whereas eliza yeah. takes after their dad yeah the one of the interesting things about this show is like when they split up into the A and B plot, the specific pairings mm-hmm. does a lot to change how the show feels. Totally. Like, I felt like uh, I almost never got Eliza and her mom together. No. Like, they don't have anything in common. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just so clear that their parents are such a strong influence on them. Because, of course, they are. Like, they don't talk to anyone else. No. Well, Eliza does, but... Eh, no, like kind we, of. we can't talk about that. I forgot. I don't think we mentioned like if anyone, if any human learns about her power, she will lose it. Yeah, for like no reason, really. <laughs> Just because, like, gotta keep secrets. Gotta keep secrets. What was the show that we like? We needed a mechanism for you know tension, and the mechanism that they chose was just keep the keep it a secret. Um, oh, Danny Phantom. No, no, no. It was a uh, American Dragon, Jake Long. Oh yeah, because they like kept it a secret from the dad because he couldn't handle it. Yeah, because what <laughs> but it was like he's it, not an adult I, yeah what is that like, <laughs> but because like he raised two kids and like that's enough stress for one man <laughs> i guess so <laughs> but like yeah and the only reason they were keeping it a secret was just so they could have like convo- convoluted plot lines where they did not tell him mm-hmm. um that's that's what it feels like to me no. oh also danny phantom yeah good point <laughs> they just constantly spider-man i believe debbie figures it out eventually i don't remember much i, like I didn't really Phantom. look much into like the uh like plot progression episodes there weren't a ton of them but no, like they go back and they tell you like how you know her origin story the gritty reboot yeah they're, they're, it's very individual episode kind of stuff yeah and, and that's fine like it makes oh, yeah. sense they're in different they're all over the world we get a focus on a new place or new animals mm-hmm. yeah no that, um, that all works to me but again, it, it kind of washes off. Uh, anything else on Debbie? I don't know, man. Like, do you think the show would have been better without her? Because I think we need her. Like, pretty I, bad. I think we need her, and I like her character. I maybe just she's, like she's just got such style. Like, I think it's just that her dialogue is not that inspired. I think you. I think you are just trying. I think you are just uh, just hearing Daria is the I thing. Just don't, I just don't like her. I, like <laughs> as a person. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I have a little bit and, more patience for her, especially considering like their parents are really not doing her any favors by keeping this family together. That's true. Like, let's talk about the parents. May, maybe if I saw Debbie like actually enjoy herself more often, because it, it does rarely happen where like she does feel connected. I wish it happened like a little bit more, just because like they work so hard to make these things cool. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um. 
their mom, Marianne. Marianne. Uh, voiced by Jodie Carlisle. And, uh, Did voices for Moo Mesa and Darkwing Duck. Yep, she's, she's kind of in the industry. She does really good work on making the mom not just a reasonable authority figure. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, th- that's that's a constant, you know, cartoon dad gets to be the goofy off-the-wall one. The cartoon mom has to kind of toe the line a little bit. And she is more reasonable than Nigel, but, like, that's not much of a... That doesn't tell you very much. No, I think she's a great cartoon mom. Yeah, like, I'm it, way into she's her. Not, she's not naggy. She's not out of touch. She's just competent and practical. Yeah, and, and she uh, clearly shares a passion for the things that drive Nigel. Like, they're, you can see the love there very, very clearly. Like, maybe they don't need, they shouldn't be having kids, but, like, they, these two belong <laughs> together. Well, you can you can see her influence on, like, Debbie. Like, the sarcasm is very present Absolutely. in Yeah, um, no, 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 no doubt about it. And, like, she will get just as excited as Nigel about uh, certain nature things, but, um, Let's just say that there's a terrible rainstorm that happens, uh, and he'll notice like a beetle that only comes out during the rainstorm. He'll go right out in the rainstorm. <laughs> She's going to like, okay, I at got least, the umbrella. At least I've, put a jacket on. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm prepared. I'm still very interested, but like, come on. Yeah, it's <laughs> you should be dead by now. <laughs> How are you not dead? Yeah, and she also has like kind of tendencies that tend toward civilization a little bit more than Nigel does. Like well, Nigel, she's a, should, she's a balanced person. She's balanced, yeah. She's she's a balanced person who is just very active in the wild. So, mm-hmm. like occasionally she'll want to be. She, she would want to go to a spa. You know, she would want to go to a spa with Debbie, whereas yeah. Eliza never would. And it makes sense given her role. Like she does the camera stuff, probably like the producing, the editing, like. Yeah, stuff that she's like, not requires... the one on screen, whereas Nigel needs to be this larger than life personality. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, um, I think this is a great husband and wife team. It is. It is a very good one. Um, they are bad parents. Awful. Uh, this weird combination of neglect and overbearing. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> like how do you handle this? They just they they had kids way too early. Like they they didn't have access to rubbers where the, wherever they happened to be at the time or something <laughs> like they did not plan these kids and they don't want well, them i i assume that like they like their show or their documentary series like hit it big after they already decided to have kids like maybe like they were doing a much more small time thing at first maybe or, like, they're they just were trying in a permanent to make it base. work yeah let me let me give you a quote that she says when she learns about like a, a nearby tour that with a air-conditioned van and she's like oh i want a day off can we really like take time off of this? And uh, the sentence that she says is, "Eliza's off running around with chimps. We'll be back by dinner." <laughs> what? <laughs> She's running around with chimps. First of all, how did that happen? Well, they, and second they of all, so much- you are leaving her without telling her that you are not going to be there. Like all the aspects <laughs> of civilization that like when she gets hungry or like fucking wounded by chimpanzees that she's running around with. Where will you be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll be around why do you not this have was, this child on a leash this was before like cell phones were in common use. i know also they're in the jungle um <laughs> no reception yeah it's it's uh it is a little weird i think they because they spend so much time in nature they're doing like the animal parent kind of thing we're like eh, you know gotta fly off on their own at some point you know kick them out of the nest but sure. also like throw them off you the know, cliff you see, and the strong see, ones will survive you see animals with their kids, and they're like picking them up by the scruff of the neck, or yeah, like just giving them throwing them around, all Lion King style. <laughs> they're sturdy. <laughs> um, 
it is a little weird because like you said, you know, a lot of times when they split up and do this A plot, B plot thing, one of those plots, the stakes will be like, oh, Eliza could die. And the other one will be like, this air conditioning is to die for. Like, this feels great. <laughs> and the biggest stakes you, are like, you oh, my to feelings me? might get hurt. <laughs> but can I interest this you in this? movie that I haven't heard of? In this tour? Can I interest you in this tour of the Outback from an air-conditioned uh, bus? <laughs> yeah, there, there is some disparity with the plot lines. But, I mean, it's it's tempered by the fact that we know nothing bad is going to happen. So it, the stakes are not really different because there aren't stakes to either of them. I don't know. I mean, at, every character at some point gets put in life-threatening danger. Um, I guess they just don't care anymore. Yeah, they 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 know they all know they're you know running on borrowed time. Yeah, you know after after the, like the fifth or sixth like just barely survived thing, they're like we're kind of like we can't die. <laughs> <laughs> right? I am an immortal. Because <laughs> they go do like that expose on like the Incan civilization or something, and oh no, the crocodile got sacrificed at just the right time, and I, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it definitely doesn't feel like that scene in uh, Groundhog Day where, where Bill Murray is just like in his bathrobe at a diner. He's like, "Listen, I've died like six times. I'm still here. What else am I led to believe?" <laughs> it's the kind of conclusion that Nigel would come to. <laughs> Marianne, have I ever been shot? <laughs> I, I think these are bullet wounds. <laughs> by God, by golly, by ghast. <laughs> Am I a ghast? Am I a ghast? <laughs> oh, what a I'm, delightful jape the world has played on me. <laughs> Cursed to shamble the world as an unyielding spirit of decay. <laughs> uh, well, that's a good lead in. <laughs> How does this character they exist? Did you want to just talk for a while, or what? How do you want to deal with this? Nah, jamming. Raspberry is... jam. <laughs> you could really just say any words. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna link this on the in the show notes. But I'm going to go ahead and bring up the Giphy Explore Nigel Thornberry page, so I can be looking at a bunch of gifts of him at once. There's so many. So this is the uh, paterfamilias of the family. <laughs> Um, Nigel Thornberry, played by Tim Curry in one of his only non-villain roles. Ah, he's so good. It's wild. <laughs> he is an earnest documentarian, nature file, loves his family and the natural world, and just introduces them to each other constantly. Saying, I am just looking at gifts. And that would be great, because like he opens his mouth and you get some fun nature facts, and like... You know, Morgan Freeman telling me how many beetles I've killed today, that sort of thing. Yeah, that but is perfect. It's better because sometimes you get really neat information and sometimes you just get complete nonsense. <laughs> yeah, like literal person insanity. <laughs> like he is out of touch with reality. His, his, his grip on the world around him has snapped a long time ago. <laughs> and he's just living in a fantasy world. Because he doesn't interact with people anymore. It, it actually makes perfect sense. He has become a parody of himself because, like, that follows his popularity. There's, there's like, no other way for him to be. Into it. There's no other way for him to be. <laughs> like, and, and this is this is brilliantly like a meta. This is this. There's a brilliant meta commentary on this, wherein this character has become maybe the first example of a meme that I've ever seen. Oh yeah. 
this this was your first like oh the internet's full of wonders <laughs> like kind like he, was, of, yeah. he introduced us to the natural world and now he's introducing us to the meme sphere it it really is that simple and you know like supo i don't know if they meant for this character to be like this like they definitely oh. wanted him to be weird cartoon dad cuz that i mean that's just a formula at this point but I mean, he you looks look at his nose so and you're jarring. like oh larger than life character here he looks so jarring that it was almost impossible for him not to be the butt of every joke mhm um yeah and like dude I, every time i look at that gift page like i can't help but smile his face is just so fun <laughs> and like him on a bunch of other characters is just great <laughs> Yeah, so Ben's referring to one of the two meme genres that this man has created. <laughs> um, this one is, uh, these are GIFs, usually of somebody, like, revealing their face, only it's his face, <laughs> uh, and the word smashing appears, which is just fantastic. <laughs> um, it doesn't seem like it should work as well as it does, <laughs> but it does. I like the one with Bubbles with Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His head snaps back into frame, and it's just... There's Nigel Thornberry's face. <laughs> there he is. Uh, I like the one with any Disney princesses. Yeah, the, the one with uh, uh, on one of those library-style ladders that I don't know how to talk about. <laughs> um, and the second uh, meme Belle? genre is, is that who that where... Is? Yeah. In, uh, in, the, in the one Disney movie that's all about Stockholm Syndrome? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But the other one is uh, his the, his blarg sound effect because he has like this just like you know how the putty patrollers would do like yeah he 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 has this incredible clearing his throat kind of like I mean Tim Curry like what <laughs> where did this character come like what kind of you know uh, during what improv session did this happen and like <laughs> can we get those videos who stopped him was like that <laughs> that, that forever. <laughs> And so uh, people will take that and put it into like songs, most notably Katy Perry's Fireworks. I'm sure we'll put that as the ending theme. Is like, uh, I just, was not aware of that genre. Of do you ever feel like a plastic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty glorious stuff. Yeah, this is one of the most like the the, the uniquely like just innocently good things about the Internet. There's yeah, no toxicity to it at all. It's just it works. it's just wonder. It works because the concept that is being expressed, like the meme, like the concept that the meme is trying to get across is the same as the one that the character is occupying, which is just like this supreme earnestness. Yeah. It's like I recognize that you might make me the butt of a joke. I don't care. I'm having a good it's time. It's just not where his priorities are. <laughs> And it's not where our priorities are. No one tries to explain the meme. You just like, <laughs> like if you've ever tried to explain how this meme works to someone, like a better way is just like, just look at it and you're going to understand it. There's something primal. It's like, oh, it's charming. There's something primal in like your sense of comedy that it can't be taught. It can't be learned. You, you just have to like see it mm-hmm. and like recognize that this is like the definition of comedy on a very basic <laughs> level. <laughs> Um, as a character, he's pretty great. There, he's got some weird moments where you recognize that he's also an adult, and that's always very jarring. Yeah, when he's like the caring father, like he does uh, on our on our on our three dimensional dad spectrum, 
He loves for, his family. Yeah, for any, he's weird. He's not a good father, <laughs> but he is a doting father. Like, he cares yeah. about his kids. It's, I mean, well, he cares about Eliza, let's say. I don't know yeah. if he actually cares about <laughs> Debbie. He doesn't understand Deborah. Like, they're speaking two different languages. Like, like it, it's when somebody says something and you don't understand what they say. And you're like, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? And after a point, you just can't ask them to repeat it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, never knows what she's no, that, saying. That's, that's very true. So he just kind of nervous laughs, like, <laughs> good one. What a jape at my expense. <laughs> Almost exactly his, <laughs> his, his, his accents. Um, you know, that, that is true. That, that reminds me of, like, and that's a really good family dynamic that, you know, the show traffics really well in is the idea that Debbie has just been around him for long enough to know not to bother <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember, you know, when, when we were kids and, like, I was getting to those angst years that I would say something and, you know, maybe mom would be like, what what was that? And, like, it was just too much trouble. Like, I'd just be like, <laughs> to explain like it. please just trust me that you didn't need to hear it and I don't want to repeat it <laughs> and we're better off just moving on. It, it, it was not worth you hearing. <laughs> it wasn't even worth saying, but, like... I, I said it for me. Yeah, and, like, even that was, like a gamble <laughs> because you weren't entertained by it either no it just, i just had to do it <laughs> um and, and you do get that you do get that feeling like debbie and nigel are just like locked in a locked in a up a, a holding pattern of mutual disinterest yeah you, you make the sarcastic comment because it's easier to do it than to not do it it's the only interaction they have <laughs> it's all they know <laughs> it's all they need uh but, you know, there are some moments, like, like the, the point that we're saying is that there are moments where he's, like, clearly loves his family. Um, when Eliza goes off on her own and gets, like, altitude sickness in one episode, mm-hmm. Nigel goes and finds her passed out in the snow and digs a cave with his bare hands in the snow, <laughs> builds a fire to keep her warm, and he never says a thing. And you remember, like, oh, he's, like, a world-class survivalist. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, this he is like, used to be Bear Grylls, and then something, something, the English Shakespeare Company, and now this. <laughs> this is really what it is. Like this is a man's man that is like dressed up in like tuxedo and tails, and like has been sent to like finishing school. It's really nuts. <laughs> it's like it's like a George of the Jungle, but in reverse. Get British fortitude. <laughs> um. Uh, a couple other moments that I just wanted to talk about. Um, when his uh, when his his mom they, they meet his family at one point. He's apparently about to be knighted. I don't know if you watched this episode. I did not. He, he gets knighted, <laughs> so he's Sir Nigel Thornberry. Um, he lives in a lavish estate. Apparently, like his like his parents. When you meet them, his mom is like kind of a stereotypical you know overbearing you should settle down you shouldn't be on the road i hate your wife that kind of thing uh and his dad is just nigel thornberry <laughs> if he was like him again if he was like uh richard branson like oh gosh <laughs> like constantly tooling around in like hand gliders and shit <laughs> yeah, and he's like, also voiced by tim curry around the world in 80 days <laughs> that's ex- sales pace it's just not it's just nigel again it's just double nigel get, uh, that, get that double nigel soaked through and uh, used flavor so his his mom tries to get him to settle his, him and his family to settle down and he just kind of eliza's like you know i don't i don't want 
to settle down. I don't want you to take this professorship at Oxford that you're being offered because of the popularity of your nature show. I don't want any of that. And he's just like, it's not going to happen, Eliza. Like, your mom just, your, your grandma just gets a little excited and overzealous, but just, you know, let her say what she needs to say and we're going to be okay. Like, yeah. he, he just doesn't, he surprising understanding of his family dynamics like yeah you were he, paying it you were awake for any of that he could be the man any of them want yeah <laughs> but he just doesn't like he doesn't need to he doesn't be. feel like it he just wants to be himself <laughs> like yeah. it's so charming it's it's really great i imagine that as an earnest uh you know person who's been a 40 year old dad for his whole life you probably you know felt a lot of camaraderie with this so-and-so i i could Crack open a cold one and build a deck with this man. <laughs> Can you imagine him ever drinking though? Like a cold what? Like a, a cold one. <laughs> <laughs> like some some like some British defunct say, like this, pop. This Long Island iced tea sure is heavy on the long and a little short on the tea. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't need to. I uh, I also like moments where he's sleeping and he like starts giggling because you know maybe like a pig will come by and like start licking his face <laughs> and he'll just be like oh, oh Marianne <laughs> just just little moments what, that like what a goofus he's delightful delightful what and a, what a goofus by choice and that makes all the difference he's also got like really good turns of phrases um, this was his dad saying it but like he and his dad are ostensibly the same character and his dad was like we'll have this vehicle dug out in three tweets of a tailor's mustache <laughs> and it's just you, like he came from a britain but it's not our britain like it's like a comedy oversized supersize me version of britain that oh like like monty python britain My, monty python britain yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that fits that overly like regal and overwrought dialogue kind of britain Mm-hmm. like that's where, putting on where, airs. where the classes actually mix and interact yeah and just everything is about the queen like a weird americanized version of britain is him his body proportions are also just fascinating yeah like so he's they... got one of he's got like a weird like briefcase torso with just a bunch <laughs> of sticks coming off of it yeah their their body this is this is classic 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 supo where like heads and torsos are big and lumpy and then just sticks for necks and arms and legs mm-hmm. marianne has this weird thing where like she's got them big old hips and a big old like bust and then just like a stick connecting them yeah but it's yeah. not sexualized it's it's really hard to describe they they got this formula down dude like nickelodeon knew exactly how to portray attractive women without making us you know recognize it it's very it's like subliminal mm-hmm these are the shapes that tell our story for us. Know them, <laughs> use them. Uh, let's um, move. Let's move on. Yeah, there's a couple of other characters in the in the family. Um, yeah, Donnie is this little like wild child they found. Um, Donnie is voiced by Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> That's right. I don't know okay. how they got him to do this. Or... So like. I, I don't like, understand anything about middle, the man. Middle of the world tour. They're like, all right, we've got to go to Scotland, you know? Like, And please, like, listen, I got I to gotta pass on one. I have to jabber into a microphone for 20 minutes plus screen t- plus commercials while a bunch of Oh, you think he did animals it during the commercials as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they make him, keep, they make him continue. Like, Just, I, I feel like once you get started, you can't stop. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you can't break character for a commercial. 
what exactly is the point of this character? I was trying to figure that out. Um, I think he accomplishes at least a good structural role. If we think about the show as a piece of entertainment, where is the physical comedy going to come from? Yeah. It's all relegated to Donnie. He's relegated to runaround status. Like, in the comedy aspect of a Nicktoon, which we have to have because it is a kid's show, Mm -hmm. Nigel accomplishes the dialogue comedy. Donnie accomplishes the physical comedy. Yeah. Um, So whenever we're looking at him, he is, you know, trying to push a tortoise or spending all episode trying to eat this one bug that consistently eludes him. Yeah, he's there for gags. Or dressing up as a Buckingham Palace, like, Queen's guard. It happened. (laughs) Don't worry about it. There's not much depth. Um, There's no depth. I don't think of him so much as a character, so much as, like, a terrain hazard. Like, he's (laughs) just... He's just existing in the scenery and causing trouble. Yeah, he's just, like static on them on the radio he he's a muck uh-huh but i i didn't hate him as much as i thought i would like he's too loud clearly and he is very distracting but because we have him there we never have to have nigel do pratfalls i thought that there was enough physical comedy in like some of the animals but maybe i just saw episodes where the animals were like a bunch of goofuses yeah i, I didn't see that much and it's not always going to be comedic animals, right? Like right. I, I saw like eagles looking for their lost kid, lionesses who are trying to hunt Eliza, and the whole thing. And because the and he's the just character's a consistent... always because there's always a split up, you can just put him in whichever you know, whichever camp is gonna be doing the funny thing. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I guess, I guess he's fine. I didn't I didn't like him that much. One part about him that I, I kinda do enjoy is that he Despite not ta- being able to talk to anyone, he fits in weirdly well wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah, always no able to. Him. He's always able to commune with animals or people, and like he's not breaking social conventions in the way that that sort of child would, or, or that the way that Eliza does. She can talk to everyone. He can't talk to anyone. She is always stepping in a bunch of trouble. <laughs> he is always just like totally in his element. Yeah, he's getting along with everyone because like. That's There's his probably brain. like a ignorance is bliss sort of uh, parable there somewhere. Yeah, he, he doesn't cause mischief like he doesn't that much know around enough to humans. cause mischief. Yeah, but and around the animals, he's just like I'm living in nature. Give it's, me that, you know, give me some mud to play with. Yeah, it's, and it's again like the difference between being a native and being a tourist, which is what Eliza kind of represents. Yeah. yeah, they they fulfill different roles. That that said, I didn't like it whenever he was on screen. I just didn't like looking at him. That kind of wore on me. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. I got a lot of enjoyment out of knowing that that was Flea from the (laughs) from the Chili Peps. Yeah, Uh, but beyond that, like, not really into it. Uh, And then finally, we have Darwin. Darwin, their their pet monkey. This is Tom Kane, who we've seen as Lord Monkey Fist. uh, Oh yeah, and Oxnard Montalvo. He's very British. Like, um, I don't quite get because he feels like he's just Scooby Doo. He's uh, yeah, he's he's the classic like cowardly animal character stand-in. He's, he's like hung like he's a creature who likes creature comforts. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a cute trait, but it can be a little annoying. Like, it's, well, I I think that he also fulfills a good role in the structure of mm-hmm. the show in that Eliza is 
a human what wants to be an animal and he is an animal what wants to be a human like it's very much a fish out of water like you know we were born in the wrong decade kind of kind of situation right like he doesn't belong in the wild he never did and he was just lucky enough to, to to hitch a ride into civilization the problem with that is the show takes place in the wild and so he's just constantly whining which is not I, endearing i i liked him as at least like a a bit of a tether on eliza's you know suicidal t- more suicidal tendencies like no we don't need to do that right now yeah but like i know that she's gonna do it anyway look she's got to talk to someone right yeah that... and the best it can be is an animal that is more cautious cautious than her i just wish he was more helpful I don't, I don't I don't think I would have liked that. Like I don't particularly like this character, but I can't see him a different way. Just as like a coward who reluctantly comes along and complains. Eliza needs someone to talk to. It's that simple. And it's got to be someone who isn't as into isn't as gung-ho as she is. I guess the whininess was the main thing that bothered me about him. I can see that. Um just because like it's it's when things are toughest that he will be like Man, it, this would be great if we had just never left the Comvi and just like hung around and ate chips. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can see what you're saying. I know, it's it's one of those characters that like I would find repellent in real life, and therefore don't really like on the screen. I can see that. I I also like that you know in reference to him not really being him not really belonging in the wild. He is such a shitty animal. It's so funny. <laughs> he, like he's whenever so bad. He, whenever he's in a situation where like. Any animal would know this. He doesn't. He, he 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 can't figure it out. Like conceivably, he spent some time in the wild. You would think so, but like he, I remember watching one episode where he's like behind a rock and he like spots a like ox, and this ox is, he's like, I gotta get out of here. Like, what if what if that ox is out hunting, and like that ox is clearly an herbivore. It's chewing on grass at that very moment. Like he it just has no. He has no idea how to animal. Yeah. Which which I liked a lot. And that gives that gives Eliza a good opportunity to like learn more or like tell him, hey, this is how the things work. Yeah, there's there's um, a good opportunity there. They don't make use of it much. No, he, he fulfills an important role. Uh there was one good episode with him where uh they met a bunch of other chimpanzees. Mm-hmm. And Eliza, you know, marched right in and Darwin is, like, holding her back. It's like, you don't understand. You can talk to animals, but you don't understand how to talk to a group of animals. You're very social. Ooh. There's a lot of rules. There, It's it's not all verbal. Like, let me teach you the ropes. Like, let me show you the sign, like the body language that matters here. That's neat. It was it was good. And, and yeah, she didn't listen. And like, so, when, like... When he can be helpful and, like, temper her in a way that's not just negating. Yeah, yeah. When it can be a back and forth as opposed to just, like, a... a a stoic refusal um yeah. it's it's better but it i, I guess I, I agree that it doesn't happen all that much i wish i had seen that one yeah it was good uh what do you think of the other animals because there's a lot of like every episode you're gonna find one or two like central new animals to like interact with i feel like they generally work mm-hmm. um i like that wherever they are they have the accents of the people that would be there <laughs> Yeah, like the like the llama who's like in Latin America and therefore has a Latina Oh, you saw accent. that one too. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah it makes I, it makes no sense uh but it's fun you know yeah. like <laughs> well and also sometimes like don't think too hard about it well sometimes it works uh, and sometimes they just do one that's completely obviously not like uh the galapagos islands they saw a finch and all the finches had like jersey accents that's great <laughs> that's great like hey i'm trying to use this cactus twig to uh get some larva that's Wait, good you want to help me out or you want to get out of here <laughs> that's ridiculous um, and sometimes they're silly. Sometimes they're more regal. Um, I saw an aged movie star-esque dugong. Like, <laughs> the sailors used to think I was a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's really funny. Like, they have a lot of fun with it. Um, and since they're always new and different, uh, and I think a lot of the times they get, like, actual, like, established voice actors to do them, they're they're generally pretty good. I like. Yeah, don't they, at the beginning of the episode, be like, tell us who the guest star is going to be? If it is um, going to be one. I don't know about that. Okay. Maybe that is not true and I made it up. Uh, We're not good at this. Also, um, apparently JT Taylor uh, or J- JT Taylor. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. JT Thomas. Thank you. But apparently. Yeah, just just say the whole name. You're not saving anybody time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's, it's frequently abbreviated like that. Apparently he was on a couple of episodes, which I was like, oh, that yeah, that person exists. <laughs> that's the response to him that's that's all i've got made me want to watch tool time or yeah, home improvement rather oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, i'm sure they, they get on like gangbusters um they could build a deck together i i mean one of them could <laughs> yeah the other one i don't know if nigel could the other one would watch i i generally like the animals though like it was always like I feel like their motivations were very simple flight or flight kind of survival instinct stuff, which is like we already talked about it. It's it's a cool way to anthropomorphize something like we mm. can hear them voice the animal opinions that they have. They don't right. get like human opinions. And I think I think what you're saying about the other characters is is true. Like, even though I might not like Debbie or Donnie or Darwin, um, they do serve important roles. It would be a different show. I don't know. If a worse show, but it would be a different show if it was just like Eliza and her parents and she's trying to solve things and like yeah. sometimes has to go back to her parents and like, what do you know about this? Like it would be a different show. I think it would be better, but it wouldn't be the family thing, which is the kind of the central theme of this. Yeah, I, I think that the extras really help grease the wheels here and that the family thing can only articulate well because it isn't the obvious focus the obvious focus needs to be we're in the wild and looking at the animals and talking to the animals yeah we mentioned that um also eliza is called eliza because of eliza doolittle oh that makes sense mm-hmm. we from, mentioned uh, from, that she can talk uh, what's from the Dr. play of the dr doolittles no 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 the play where there's an eliza doolittle the pygmalion one moment my fair lady is it is it that yeah it is my fair lady Based on the Pygmalion. Oh, yeah. Pygmalion. <sighs> so uh, we mentioned that, like... That's how she would say it. I'm just... That, like, Eliza no. can talk to animals, but we discounted that as, like, the most important thing about the show. And I think that's true. I think, like, tonally and thematically, this is about family and enjoying nature. Yeah, I would say mostly about family. And enjoying nature does get in there. But, like, I... Like, as much one as is the, the focus, medium and one is the message. Thank you. That's a very good way to put it. The medium is we love nature the message is we love each other mm-hmm. and that's a very that's a very nickelodeon 
like message. <laughs> yeah, but like, they're very good at it too. Like I, I feel like I got that message pretty undiluted and pretty clearly. Yeah, they blended well. Uh huh. Um. So I guess we're talking about the the tone now. Oh yeah. Uh, how did you feel about the fun in nature aspect of the show? Like I said, um, you know, they blend the nature lessons a little a little too well because it fits in so seamlessly with the plot that I, I don't pay attention to what I'm actually learning. So like yeah, I wasn't learning might, anything. They might put in a ton of effort to make sure that the eagles look the way that the eagles there would look and that they're eating the right things, but like what am I learning about eagles that I don't already know? They fly and they have a bunch of facets I don't know or care about. Yeah, I, I don't think I got many facts about the animal kingdom. I think I got enthusiasm transmitted to me pretty good, but that's about it. Also, like, they go all over the world and check out different biomes, but it's it's just a jumble. Like, if they're in, if they're stuck in a river or running from an animal, that's the information. Knowing right. that it's the whatever river or that the animals are indigenous to X, like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. So often are they just in a nondescript jungle, mm-hmm. you know, and, and but, like, I need more than that. I need to but, be able to put this into context. But Hopefully, at the same time, they couldn't just stop and like cite information from textbook. Uh, in this region, that's how it works. I feel like it would be very easy for Eliza to just like kind of bring us up to speed when Darwin, like Darwin doesn't know where most things on the in the world are. Yeah, yeah. Like that would be a very simple way to be like, we're about to head to the whatever place. This is, you know, I, I remember reading that this was known for blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, my dad says it's the something capital of the world like there were very easy ways to do this well that might be a way for like darwin to like convince eliza not to go like look i i learned this stuff in a book from the comforts of our home we don't have to go out and see it (laughs) because like that's her whole thing is like she's naive but engaged yeah she's a little bit into that um you know having the having darwin follow along with the monster manual might be an interesting like like the encyclopedia set or like uh what's that one kind of journalism where you just smoke peyote with you know gonzo gonzo journalism eliza is a gonzo journalist except not good because she doesn't take notes and are you are you trying to claim that hunter s thompson is good i'm i'm trying to say that he's very gonzo (laughs) (laughs) do you wait a sec is it named after the Muppet? I have no idea. Where? Yeah, where, where is the line connecting the Muppet and Hunter S. Thompson? Looking it up. Yeah, I do that. I need to know. Um, I think it's just a word he came up with. Okay. I mean, <laughs> in any case. Uh, oh, it Gonzo is South Boston Irish slang describing the last man standing after an all-night drinking marathon. Oh. Oh, that, well feels that's, that's more untrue, than I, that's but... more than i learned while watching the wild thornberries <laughs> i learned that i like tim curry i i didn't learn that i already knew that you can never stop learning it i suppose that's true it, it's about the journey so um, one one thing to its credit this show does not wear out its welcome by staying in a spot for too long you know um by having a one place to an episode format we go to the place we do a thing in the place we move on so that is good. I just, I needed to be able to feel where we were a little bit more. Yeah, a little fully. more on establishing shots, a little less on plot. Because mm-hmm. the plots, you know, <laughs> they only last that long because the characters are dumb, I guess. They they do part of the work. Like, like Eliza's the intro like, does show us exactly where we are, which is like a nice 
couch gag type of like variation in the intro. You know, like it, in... it starts on the globe and zooms into wherever we are. I do like that a lot. Yeah, like it made me want to like go back to high school and be, you know, in a library with a globe and be like, hey, dude, I, I remember this random thing about this exact location that I can point to you on a globe. Yeah, it, it grounds you. It gives you a, a starting point for your Wikipedia diving. It does. We just we don't have any other hard edges that we can grapple with when we get there. Um, in the in the Finch episode, um, the the primary the primary like plot thing is uh, she sees a Finch struggling to get larva out, and he's using like this cactus twig to do it. Uh, so she takes that and gives him a needle instead, and he's way more effective. And she's like, "I fed the finch. I'm look at me." And <laughs> look then she at me. does. It, she does it for all the finches, and she helps all the I'm other Mr. animals. Feed like finch. look at me. <laughs> she helps the other animals like life hack their way into more food. And complete, <laughs> she completely destroys the local like like the ecosystem. Food web. Yeah, like the ecosystem, and it takes her so long to figure it out. Yeah, uh, and like it doesn't need to be that long. I would have enjoyed like getting a better sense of the interconnectedness first and seeing a little bit more of that intermediate steps. But as it stood, it was much more uh, like the plot beats were more sudden. Yeah. And in between nothing happened. That, that's a maybe not the best example, though, because that does teach you a very important thing about like delicate ecosystems. Yeah. So it, like the that... lesson is important, but the the pacing was off. OK. Yeah. And, and I, I also just. How much do we know about finches or larvae? Like, we could have learned a couple things there. So much. We, we kind of didn't. <laughs> All we learned is one eats the other. Yep, and that ecosystem's good. Um, <laughs> Any of them. I mean, like, I think that's my main problem with this show, is that like it purports to be a nat- like a show that will teach you nature, and it doesn't teach you nature. It's too subtle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's weird, but like the, the, the aspect of the show that is most overt is like where it fails and the part that is subtle which is like the like the the family dynamic stuff Mm -hmm. is the most successful in the in that finch episode she comes across a penguin and she's like aren't you a little short to be a (laughs) stormtrooper why yes yes i am (laughs) um are you a little far from the south pole and the penguin's like no i'm a galapagos penguin and they're like fine great and like you can see what one looks like, you can see how it walks, you yeah, can understand give me some what it follow eats. up there. But I don't yeah, like why are there penguins here? What is different about you? Yeah. Like the the questions I'm interested in answering are not the ones that are brought up. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, I could I could intuit that you eat fish. It, it's <laughs> like, a shame. Like there there's you know, we're we're kinda of saying the same thing over and over again. They just they're not interested they're they don't traffic in the parts of the wild that i would be interested in mm-hmm. or that eliza should be interested in right and she's, she's interested not. in helping this person in this animal because it's a person to her it's not part of something yeah yeah she's interested in that uh, about the animals that are people not about the animals that are animals yeah she's thinking and acting locally which is <laughs> not don't do that <laughs> um, or do do that you don't know what the phrase is think act there it is. Act, act. That's, a, that's the Nigel way. Act twice, think once. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's see here. So so to touch on the, the family part, just one more. Well, no. We, you know what? We've already talked about all of it. 
yeah, there's there's not a lot else to this. Once you know who the characters are, what the major theme is, the episodes are pretty similar. Like it's fine. Like it's a, it's it's a reasonably good show. It's it's um, fine, but that with a lot of flaws. It's just the tourist feeling is overwhelming, and like I feel like that and is one major flaw. <laughs> it's it's what makes this a C rather than a B, to me. Uh huh. Yeah, like I, it, I would put it there. It drops a full letter grade because of the kind of noble savage, very art of like superficial interest that we get to nature yeah. here. It's 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 surface level. I agree. Yeah, and it 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 didn't need to be. All the all the pieces were there in order to articulate more information. Um, and I I, I wonder if giving us more information would have detracted from the family message. And I I don't think that it would have, but it's you it's hindsight. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to ask, like, what else could I have learned here? Like, the you don't know. How could you? <laughs> I mean, to, uh, thought about another way, though. We now want to know about that stuff. You could argue that the show did its job in getting us interested. Right. Like, it hooked us and then just didn't give us, didn't give us the worm. So, if that was the, you know, overarching goal, well, well done. Um, but... I don't see why they couldn't have also taught us stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Want to move on to animation? Ooh, lumpy. Yep, good old Supo nonsense. <laughs> uh, I think Eliza's character model is the hardest to look at, and it's the one we see the most. Yeah, but luckily, I mean, like, I, I don't know whether it's just because I'm just addicted to it by now. Every time I see Nigel, like, everything is right with the world, and I can <laughs> forgive any amount of Donnie screaming or weird overbite that eliza has yeah I, th- I think it makes sense like why they look the way they do like oh she's an awkward preteen of course she's gonna look like an awkward preteen mm-hmm. um nigel's fine uh, nigel looks good <laughs> nigel looks great i like the way the mom looks i like the way debbie looks like all, all the all the people in general look fine um i do like that opening sequence where they show you where that you are on the map and they have like the coolest vehicle that I've seen since Captain Symphony and the Space Monkeys. Oh, man, this thing. This combi, it's Which... got, I mean, it's large enough to fit a whole family, but it corners well enough to drive around in a crowded city like London, and it has a fucking raft mode. <laughs> it has multiple modes. It, like, did you did you take note of the modes that it has? Uh, not, not in total. I'm sure we can look that it up. It was like monsoon season, thunderstorm, like you know typhoon it it was crazy and it makes sense like oh they like probably spent all the money they got on like their first documentary to like oh we're going places Mm -hmm. and like this 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 is why they're the only ones who can get those great shops because they can go anywhere it's all because they have the they have the right equipment and no one else does Mm -hmm. that's that's an interesting point that i hadn't considered they have the will and they have the way Mm -hmm. i i when i think when i like look at the scenery I think, like, man, going outside and into nature looks so cool and fun. It doesn't look cool here. Um, like, parts of it do. I know personally that outside can be less than fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they spend a lot of time making things look just right, and it kind of all, like, it all ran together. It didn't, it didn't really impress me. Yeah, I, I didn't think that the backgrounds were all that good, which, which is not generally something i look for but like in a show that traffics so hard in the look at the wonder of the outdoors it it is sort of a it's a sticking point it has to be a priority and it was not and that's it 
Like, you, got, just, you got your browns, your greens, and your blues. Yeah, and then some yeah. lines. Yeah, it's just, maybe like it was, they weren't even they weren't even bad or like undetailed. They just weren't interesting. They were bland, and it's because we were in a jungle more than fifty percent of the time, just nondescript jungle. We 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 need more. <laughs> I I need more topology here. Um, yeah, just well, I need them interacting with the with the terrain more. Yeah, when they're climbing a mountain or like deep in snow, like I can I sort of like perk up a little bit. Uh, it's just it's just rare. Yeah, like when they were climbing the narrow mountain path, and you're like, "Oh, narrow mountain path." That's informing how they're moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Otherwise, I... it's just like, "Oh, they're walking slower." I guess. <laughs> Look, Marianne, I'm a sloth. See how slowly I move. <laughs> God. He, he's so he's the saving grace. It, he, it he really bumped is. It to C plus. He like... bumped. He bumped it from an F to a C, like on his own. <laughs> That, that's that's not that's not quite true. The family stuff is really good as well, but like, man, man, does this show need? I mean, like, I can't imagine it doing well at all without him. Yeah, I, th- I think the music boosts it a little as well. T- um, tell me about that because I thought it was pretty bad. Um, you know, they're they're they do fall into some of the you know the classic pitfalls musically speaking, but they have that um, p- dramatic pre-commercial fanfare thing. Oh yeah, yeah. They push um, that really fucking hard, dude. Well, they have. They have a lot of drums and winds. Like, it is a very naturalist sound. It's like you said, like the Noble Savage. Oh, check out their music. It's so in tune with the with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't feel out of place in an episode of Survivor. Um, oh, good. Like, now, now, we, now we can talk about... about Survivor. Yeah, the, well, that's good. <laughs> it was a long lose. <laughs> no, um, they... Like, it all... Did you did you note it's any cohesive. like did you note any like instruments that stood out to you? Um, a lot of woodwinds, you know, yeah. for for that like pan um, flute stuff. I, I definitely they have, heard they have this musical thump for jokes. It's like their version of budumch. Yeah, it's like a it's like halfway to farting. Yeah, it's very low. Yeah, um, and I don't know about you, but like the main theme feels like one of those discovery nature videos it does like i i witness in the classroom like it's active but it's not action hmm can you explain what you mean by that um just the the persistent beat and the way that the music like like the melody flows very well um and like the very primitive sounding instruments makes it feel like oh we're we're going on an adventure but it's not like high danger it's not like pirate fighting it's like walking through the the jungle yeah it's it's it's, God, it's not, hard to describe music <laughs> no no, no it, i think you're doing a fine job and i, I think you're correct <laughs> and i think this theme actually is really good in that it can you know it's a lot like tempe it it, it takes on the flavor of whatever's around it <laughs> right so like the theme is just like this kind of like it's 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 melodic and it's is that the mission impossible theme <laughs> dun 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 <laughs> it uh you know, it's 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 melodic Boots and, and drums. it's <laughs> Darwin's crazy. Boom, 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 boom. It uh, whenever we like have kind of like primitive, quote unquote primitive instruments, they can go in it. I I definitely heard a lot of variations on this theme, but they weren't always the same variations. You know, like I'm like I'm hearing one in my head right now that's specifically kind of a Peruvian kind of bent to it but yeah, they also the have flutes they can they can also like make it heavy with like drums and 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 things like that if they're doing like an africa thing mm-hmm. so 
it's a good theme that they know how to how to mix to wherever they are. Could have used other themes. <laughs> it gets this is part of what made it samey. You know, you can tell me that you're using local instruments for the music, but it all sounds very similar yeah. to the untrained ear. Mm-hmm. I mean, I or to the trained ear. Yeah, like unless you're like really well trained ear. Right, right, right. We gotta get Sideshow Sound Theater to punch this up. <laughs> we should just have them take over the Carton Cast. Probably, <laughs> like they do a better job with it, right? <laughs> they would have to be able to. Bar's real low, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we we spent like thirty minutes on Nigel antics. Well, I think like Nigel, Nigel's what you come here for. If if you are watch, if you want to watch a cartoon with your kids or have them learn something, this is a good one. It certainly has better production values than like the Magic School Bus. Yeah, but if you are just watching it by yourself for nostalgia or other things, you know, it's not an educational cut. show. Watch a supercut of Nigel, uh, but otherwise leave leave this better in in your uh, in your memories. I don't think it's aged well. I don't think so either. Um, although I, I will admit that I was very impressed by the by the family message and how well they got oh, yeah. that through. No, even it, it even definitely... though the the moral of it is that they shouldn't have a family generally. Um, <laughs> I, I think that. I think that exploring those dynamics with this nature stuff as a backdrop is really clever, and I think it works extremely well. But it is the only thing in this show besides Tim Curry that I think works extremely well. It's it's weird to me because I feel like the creators hit everything they were aiming for about this show, um, and it still came off as just like meh. They they hit everything that they were aiming for. Like they hit production date but like they had a lot of waste that they didn't account for and they went way over budget if, if you'll pardon the weird metaphor it is a weird metaphor because it's very close to the actual content but also <laughs> doesn't really touch on what i meant <laughs> <laughs> hey I'll, I'll take it man speaking of, speaking of weird dialogue though I, I did want to mention that in the same way that all of the uh the the all of the comedy the, the physical comedy gets thrown to Donnie. All of the funny dialogue gets thrown to Nigel, like specifically. <clears throat> and I did want to mention one example of that because it's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> Grab the camera, dearest. I found something just extraordinary. Not today, Nigel. No, definitely today. Or I would have told you yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you know what she means, man. <laughs> the way he talks you, just, you can't stop. like he's never interacted with people before yeah it's, it's like he learned it from a tape it's like he learned all dialogue from like improv shows <laughs> yeah he's just taken with himself and we're taken with him so we are no he's he's great like he's wonderful i just i i wish i had more here especially considering that the show is successful in some ways and purports itself to be so like we love nature about it. Like, I, I would have, I just needed something to really get me there. So on, on the grand supo scale of, uh, of shows, where does this land relative to rocket power? Whew, better? Yeah, um, it's definitely better than rocket power. It still needs a lot Despite its lack of, of Tito. It needs a lot of polish, still. Um, it needs a lot of, like, playing around with, like, how often do each character get screen time? How can we make the dialogue more interesting? How can we make this, this, and this more clear? How can we vary up the sound and the visuals? I, like, I sort of there's disagree. a lot of room for improvement here. I disagree that like the portion like the of time that we spend with the characters needs to be different. I feel like we have the right balance there. 
I think we just need to focus a little bit more on thinking about where we are and teaching kids things, like showing them interesting things about this world as opposed to interesting things about this family. Because we are focusing that's the case so much just on because that. their family message is so strong and so there every episode that we don't need it quite so over the head. No, yeah, like, I, I totally agree, and that's why that one, that part works. I okay. I just I need the overt message to be a little bit more well handled. Yeah, you like these these are good characters. Put them somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I don't think the like I think I disagree with you. I think the characters are fine where they are. I think they just need to focus on talking about different things. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. You know, like oh, Marianne, we seem to have woken up on an alien world. What's this about? <laughs> I, I don't know if we need to go quite that. You know, nope, Star Wars. <laughs> Put them in Star Wars. <laughs> Put them in Star Wars. Oh, Marianne. Yeah. Well, yeah. all right. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I actually have like a a grounded thesis for why this show doesn't or does work. Like I, I don't better, think I think I actually like it power, more than you do. Not as good as Rugrats. I don't remember how good as told by Ginger is, but I have to assume about the same. Yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, I think I actually this is a rare situation where I think I actually like the show more than you do. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, maybe it's just because the misanth- mis- misanthropy didn't get to me as much. <laughs> it's hard to say. I, I have a low tolerance for whiners. <laughs> Stiff up for Liv. <laughs> Come on, then. Jolly good. He reminded me a lot of uh, of, uh, of of Wallace. Yeah, a little bit. It's just the, the British adventurer. The who's British not... adventure. The Britishisms there. Yeah. Who, who's just like not deterred by anything in his path because he doesn't realize it's in his path. <laughs> That that's that's the British stint. Of, that's the that's the British twist of being an adventurer. It's it's not that you have the fortitude to overcome your surroundings. It's that you don't notice them and you can bumble <laughs> your way to success. The challenge isn't in the adventure. The challenge is the fact that you're British. Yeah, you got a you got a roadrunner that shit. Like as long as you don't notice gravity, it's not a problem. <laughs> as long as you don't remember you're British, you can succeed in the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Let's retreat from the meme sphere. Uh, Zane, uh, I believe it's my turn. It is. Uh, so we've got an anime coming up. Woot. For this anime, I've chosen something that I... This is one of those fighting food on moments where I have like a vague recollection of an anime existing, but I don't <laughs> remember anything about it. Oh, fun. Um, and it was kind of recently brought back into my... Uh, brought back into my consciousness because my hero academia has a character who is a direct reference to this show. Mm. Uh, and the show is ultimate muscle. Ooh, ultimate muscle, which is like I, a weird, insane I, wrestling parody. <laughs> I've, I've thought about this one before and it is bizarre in a number of ways. It's like a precursor to Jojo's. It's one of those strange, like, fascinations with masculinity that some anime has yeah like Choaniki. it's not like it's not like overly sexualized or like uh you know toxic masculinity it's just like this guy's got muscles and let's all listen up <laughs> <laughs> to how much this guy has muscles listen up yeah uh i as a as a fan of boxing in general i always like martial arts anime mm-hmm. this one is like the pro wrestling version of martial arts <laughs> anime like in yeah. both it, like actually and also in concept is in like the in the entertainment like soap opera sense of the words yeah so yeah. i'm very much looking forward uh, to seeing what makes it tick yeah that'll be fun to that'll be fun to watch 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and yeah, and then Zane, what are we doing after that? Well, Ben, uh, what would you say is the biggest complaint somebody could make about this podcast? My balls hurt. <laughs> <laughs> somebody else. <laughs> Anyone else here? <laughs> Only balls man came to see us at the convention. <laughs> There were more complaints than that, but that's the only one you remember. <laughs> what if you take a question from a reporter, <laughs> and that's that's the answer you get, and then everyone's just like, "I have a follow up." <laughs> uh, no, the biggest complaint is that we don't spend enough time talking about Spider Man. Uh, <laughs> How did? <laughs> and so to oh, remedy Zane, this, I feel so bad for you. You had a you had a punchline all. <laughs> All way, all ready to go, and I just totally stole your thunder. Um, no, this is the great thing about that setup is that I can recover from anything <laughs> <laughs> by talking about Spider Man, uh, and I need you to get me more pictures of him because we will Parker. be watching. We will be watching Spider Man Ultimate. So also mm. Ultimate in the name. <laughs> um, nice. We got a couple Ultimates. Back what back. is interesting about this show is it has a lot of vocal talent, including. Um, jk simmons as j jonah jameson <gasps> does it really uh because oh, this one shit. started and ended very recently i think it finished up last year he's not a cartoon dad but he could be <laughs> he could be a cartoon anything he just needs to show up a bit more mm. yeah so yeah this so, is a pretty recent thing then it is okay i mean i we haven't done much in terms of like marvel stuff yeah we mostly um, talk about batman and also we've been hitting the older stuff for a little bit so i want to i want to check out what I'm going to take a risk on a, on a newer one about a superhero. These never go poorly. Yeah, I, I I like Spider-Man a lot. I'm one of the rare defenders of Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man being my favorite Spider-Man. <laughs> People keep telling me I need to watch the new one because they don't respect my opinion until oh. I've given Tom Holland a chance. Oh, you haven't seen uh, Homecoming? No. That's worth your time, dude. It's very good. I've heard. Like, I, I, don't st- much. I still like Tobey Maguire better because he's a better Peter Parker. But he fits a good balance between the two, mm. which is also important. And he's, well, this he's one is good. well. The Spider-Man in Spider-Man Ultimate is played by uh, Drake Bell from Jake Drake and Josh. Yo, I'm going <laughs> to so. be making a lot of Drake and Josh references. <laughs> I think that's mostly. This is our stealth way of talking about Drake and Josh because it's kind <laughs> of a, it was kind of a cartoon. <laughs> it was close enough. I'm getting angry. <laughs> I'm going ghost. <laughs> oh, that was man. Josh, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh went ghost. <laughs> and Drake turned into Spider-Man. He's like, when, I'm uh, going spider. Yeah, that that was after Megan Cosgrove realized that she had better things to occupy her stardom. <laughs> and the show started to go downhill. <laughs> Bye, guys. Or Miranda I'm Cosgrove. not here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but wait, Miranda. Uh, name's Carly now. Go away. <laughs> is she really? <laughs> what? Uh, Miranda Cosgrove is iCarly? Is, is that who that was? I believe so. I believe so. Well, I think so. Well. Yes. Okay, cool. I uh, Yeah, she's also in School of Rock. Um, what is she doing these days? Um, twerking in front of a live studio audience? That would uh, happen to um, Hilary Duff, right? Dude, can we do... Uh, <laughs> not Hilary Duff. What's the... <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Uh, Lizzie McGuire. Because oh, that, that had animation was, stuff. That in. was an animation. Was that like half animation? 
it was ex- it was like a third animation. Wasn't it? So it's we're talking like Osmosis Jones sort of sort of deal. Y- yeah, like that's her headspace's animation. I'll say so. In her mind's in her mind zone. All right, I'm I'm not we'll talking about it. Information about Miranda Cosgrove. If you want to list, if you want to contribute to the Carton Cast, <laughs> you can go ahead and write into us. Go ahead to our Facebook page or our website, either CartonCast.com or FancyBat.com, to check out the other networks on the show. Send in your favorite Nigel Thornberry meme. Uh, send your favorite Nigel Thornberry memes, and then go ahead and give us a rating or review on iTunes or your other review thing of choice. And if you could put one inside of the other, bonus points. For us, maybe. For humanity, definitely. <laughs> uh, more than anything else, just tell your friends about the show and uh, have a scientastic day. Marianne, I found this podcast that you just simply have to engage with. The they ancient, made fun of me. <laughs> the ancient Incas used to podcast. <laughs> what? No, they didn't. I would like to hear like uh, ancient Egyptian podcasting. <laughs> Were That's they, a funny idea. That's like a, uh, uh, the. Uh, that'd be very difficult. Yeah, I, I like podcasts from fake places. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, I don't believe ancient Egypt was a fake place. Well, I, okay, but like podcasts from places they couldn't be from. Yeah. Like uh, like like the uh, void. What's the what's the one place? Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. Yeah. Like Night Vale or from uh, uh, Magic Tavern. Magic Tavern, thank you. That's the one I was thinking of, yeah. Okay. Go Saddle up. Go explore the world. Go outside. Yep. Read a book. Vaya con Dios. Check out one of those nature documentaries. Jolly good. Smashing. Okay. Just... Uh-huh.